Hey guys, Coach Ben here, and you are listening to The Benchcast. Alright, uh, we got a Q&A Benchcast for y'all today. Hot one, hot and I would assume humid. Uh, I'm not good at measuring humidity. It is real gross on Long Island right now. Humid? It would is you humid. say it is humid? It's humid as shit. Well... I guess once you start sweating, once you walk outside, that's a humid day. So it is a hot, humid day. Um, that's how it's supposed to rain all week. I don't know what's going on. If but, it rained, uh, you'd probably feel a lot better. Probably would. Yep. But I don't know where that rain is. It's nice, whatever. Um, we got a Q&A podcast for you today, guys. We got the Instagram live rolling. Uh, We're going to be taking questions. Uh, even if you don't have a question, you just want to share a lifting story uh, you want to shoot the shit with us a little bit on this podcast. We're going to have a good time. This is one of my favorite podcasts. We're just kind of shooting the shit, talking about some random shit, taking questions. We're going to get started right away because we can't keep Elgato waiting. Yeah, interacting with our viewers and whatnot. Um, do we have one that came in through the Instagram? All right, here we go from Elgato Grande, OSU. Elgato. Bench and Benny is getting married. Is it going to affect your bench? Will the wedding band cost you? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think it, it will affect my bench. Um, it yet has to. I, I still get my training in, even if it's late, late at night. Uh, I'll get my training in. I don't know about the band situation. That uh, the rubber ring is probably my way. The rubber to go. ring is very popular. Amongst I lifters. guess that's how I'm gonna have to go. I'm not used to wearing one, so it's gonna be very different. Um, I'm gonna have to get used to things on my fingers. I'm not used to that, so we'll see uh, how I adjust. But uh, definitely getting the rubber deal, and um, you know that should not obstruct <laughs> my connection to the bar. I'm one with the bar. I'm like Obi Wan Kenobi on the bench. Thank God you need another Yoda quote now. <laughs> <laughs> you got another one? I am sweating. This is wild. Merkin Moore, nineteen. All right, Merck and Moore. Got my next meet coming up in about two weeks. Have had a horrible meet prep, to say the least, but the strength is still there and numbers are still decent. Any tips on how to stay motivated and focused? All right, bud. Um, so Ryan Moore, um, he had a great meet. Last one I was at, um, I think that was the revolution. He had a great meet. He killed it. ton of progress. The thing you got to keep in mind, fella, because I know you're coming from a place where you made some really quick gains, some really quick progress, and you killed it that meet. Um, and you got to understand, as you start to push closer to 400 pounds, and especially beyond, uh, the amount that you're going to gain is is much slower pace. You are not going to make those 20-pound something jumps very quickly. Uh, I put on 15 pounds in the past year, my raw bench, and um, I am very fortunate for that because there's been years where I don't put anything on it, Uh, but I understand as I start to make my way towards five, it's going to take a long, long time, and that's lifting. It's a long game, so I don't want you to get frustrated and stop altogether. I know you're real focused on the bench press, so it's tough, too, because you're putting all your eggs in that basket. In the meantime, so you don't have other lifts to fall on. So if you're not making progress with the bench, it's really tough to motivate yourself to do anything at all. So um, just understand that you're going to go through those tough times. I always tell all my lifters, enjoy the process and look for 
little wins, even if it's not an increased weight. If you move a particular weight faster than the other time, that's a win. If your technique looks better, that's a win. You don't necessarily have to move more weight. You got to focus on those small wins because you're not going to make those 20-pound jumps forever. All right, so don't frustrate yourself. You're going to have these training cycles. Um, analyze it at the end. That's really big. I always like to sit down with my lifters and just kind of, um, you know, we go back and forth on what went well, what we can improve upon. I think that's really important. You know, not everyone's going to have the perfect training cycle. And it's tough sometimes because I know lifters, if they don't have a good meet, you know, they're like, oh, man, the program sucked or whatever. But you got to look at everything, guys. It's, it's a learning process. Peyton Manning's not going to connect with Marvin Harrison the first time ever. It takes a little while to start making that Hall of Fame connection. So you got to go back and forth. You got to find what works, what doesn't, and that takes a little bit of time. So sit down after your meet. You know, go in there, fresh slate. You know, make sure recovery is first and foremost. Take that week off before the meet. Go in there, do your best, and then after, analyze how did it go, what can I improve on, um, and then just start rebuilding from there. But slow and steady, my friend, slow and steady. Yep, especially because you're two weeks out, you're in the home stretch now, mm -hmm. focus on the meat, because you could have a bad training cycle and have a great meat. Yep, that happens. That happens. You could be, I don't know how your training structure right now, you could be burning out just a little bit, in which case... Taking rest is the best thing that you're going to do for yourself. Always come into a meet feeling 100%, and you don't know what will happen that day. Could be, could be something great. All right, so just make sure you come into that meet fully rested, my friend. And um, like I said, uh, slow and steady. Analyze after the meet what happened, how you can improve those weak areas. And if you're not sure, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'll take a look and um, give you some pointers and directions ahead. Definitely come back in two weeks. Let us know how you did. Yes. Absolutely. So we got anything active on the Instagram? Not just yet, but I know you have some questions from uh, your Instagram. Yeah, I have. Um, we I finally figured out how to do that damn, uh, they got that questionnaire thing on the damn story mode yeah, now. it's real simple. I don't know how it took you so well, long. You know, I'm, I'm from the old <laughs> school. I don't like being on my phone a bunch, uh, but I finally figured out how to swipe up and do that whole bullshit. So... That's oh a really man, cool I'm interrupting you again. What's going on? From uh, got activity. We got activity. Why at Burberry? Maybe uh, that's how I'm saying it. All right, so funky name. Yep. So for Wyatt, I'm having trouble with my setup on non-competition style bench. Any right. pointers? First thing, um, you're gonna have to have traction. All right, a lot of good products out there now. Non-slip pads. Old school methods, you can use yoga mat, you can use a band, but that's the first thing I'll tell lifters if I see their benching on a commercial gym or something, like a commercial gym pad, I tell them you're going to have to find some way to, to create traction on this pad or everything I tell you, uh, you're not going to be able to do, so it's pointless. So that's the first thing, you need a non-slip surface, alright? Um, next thing, usually those pads are going to be lower than a competition one. So you're going to have to make some adjustments with your feet. But, however, note that you're not going to experience that at a meet. So I wouldn't be overly concerned if your hips are popping up as long as you're applying leg drive in the correct direction. All the principles are the same because it's going to be different once you go to a higher bench. Um, like I train this one here that I'm on now is, is actually uh, a little higher than a competition pad. But I understand that. So uh, I just make sure at competition I took my feet back a little bit more. 
but those are the main two things that you're going to counter um, slippery pads and lower pads uh, so really uh, you're going to be able to do everything that that we teach once you put a non-slip surface where your shoulders go and i keep bands in my backpack just for that very reason yeah all you need a couple bands yep right you got what do you got the uh the big big orange uh, ones orange ones yeah don't get a wider band it'll be a little more surface area to hold you there but that's all you need guys you just need some bands really um and you will be good to go that's it um all right so moving on we got some questions from that instagram the story mode there uh i'm gonna try to do those more often i really like that interaction everyone asking questions and i can reply on there so make sure you're following us on instagram if you're not uh, i'm sure most of you are hopefully we're gonna be doing that a lot more often um because a lot of great stuff coming in and I got some questions, too, from the YouTubes, a few from the YouTubes, and I'm going to cover them today in this Q&A. So feel free, if you're watching live, keep sending in your questions. It doesn't even have to be a question. I'll take, I'll take a good lifting story. I'll take whatever you want to bullshit with us here on the air. You got a good joke. Uh, I got this. You got a knock-knock joke? Send it in. <laughs> All right. Let's start with Vin Rea. Vincent Rea, Staten Island man. Uh, he came to my uh, bench clinic, CrossFit 231. Uh, if you look right here, DVD cover, that is that exact uh, bench clinic. It was 231. That was a good one. Uh, I had a lot of fun at that. Uh, he says, where can I meet you? And I know sometimes it can be confusing, but you know exactly where you can meet me. You can meet me on a bench simple as that all right scott wallace power lifter what are the purposes of board presses so as i um answer this on the instagram story board press is more relative to uh, an equipped lifter more of an essential item to an equipped lifter because you have to um it, it kind of a process to break in the shirt and you're not always going to try to train to the chest because one you're going to stretch out the shirt a little bit um, two, it's really freaking hard, and you gotta really and, and like nail what weight you're using to get down. Um, it's a whole separate deal. Quip lifters know if you're a raw lifter, you know that's kind of the deal going on. If you're a raw lifter, um, which I'm assuming most of you are, uh, the purpose of a board press I use it for overload and then specific range of motion training. So that would be if I'm trying to isolate the triceps. I love doing a two-three board. Uh, close grip bench press um, for low or high reps and um, I love doing uh, some overload sets of boards I think you can still maintain a similar bar path and I find either you are good with that or you are not good with that we have a guy now uh, Matt on our team who is, is struggling with the board uh, he hit a 305 to the chest no problem tries it to a one board can't do it but um, that also offers unique insight that um, you know he, he has a longer arm, so he's taking advantage well of that stretch reflex, um, that eccentric portion, so he's getting a good boost from that. Um, also, we have to develop his triceps a little more because that specific range is really kind of nailing him, which isn't uncommon for a longer arm bencher like that. But that's how I would use the boards. You ever do any board training, Elvis? Oh, yeah, I love board training as an overload method. Yeah, we did yep. overloads with the board. I remember training that with you. Get the three-board, two-board, one-board chest. Yep, yeah, yep. we've done that whole deal. 
Um, what that allows you to do is, is get that overload with the weight, get your nervous system ready for it, and then you're slowly working it down, trying to build up range as you go. I actually like taking the board for overload rather than the slingshot, because I feel like the slingshot I can get a little different than my raw bench. Yeah, yeah, precisely. That was one of the things we'll cover in the bench clinics often is with slingshots, you got to watch out. Everyone wants to use those devices because they're sure fun, but they will change the groove a little bit. Uh, if you want to be successful in a slingshot or even more powerful methods of slingshots, uh, then you have to touch a little lower and you have to throw back more, closer to an equipped groove than a raw groove. Whereas a board, you can just keep everything the same. It's just an extension of your chest. Um, but yeah, we did uh, board pressing. I've used it in the past a lot in training. Uh, I find you do got to be careful, though, if you're doing it for overload. You don't want to go too long. I really will not program it more than two weeks in a row anymore because you can start to get beat up handling that weight and you start developing some pec strains and stuff. It's harder to recover. So two weeks and then take some time off from it. But it's great for getting an overload in for a week. Um, but yeah, board presses are great. actually got a good video on YouTube if you want to see some bloody shit going down. Uh, I had, uh, in the winter, I bleed a lot. Uh, the nose, whatever the case may be, whatever the weather is. And um, I remember in the winter, I was a bloody mess. Every time I benched, it was like swallowing blood. It was gross. So <laughs> uh, I was benching with the Hell Beast. And uh, I took 420 overload to the one board. And um, that set got me. And I had, if you ever seen the Ryan Canelli video on YouTube, guys, search that. It's awesome. Uh, I had the blood dripping down. It looked like because it comes out your nose and, and down into near your eye socket. And then you sit up on the pad, and then that thing's oozing down. So it looks like you're, like, crying blood. Um, pretty cool video. Check it out. 421 board. Search it on Big Bench's YouTube. Um, cool shit if you're into that. And then you can share it with your friends and see how badass it is. <laughs> All right? Um, but, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Boards are great. Um, there was a story I wanted to share. Yeah, so... Speaking about bloody noses, I don't know, you ever get any bloody noses? Never on the bench. Never on, but you get any bloody noses in general? Squats and deadlifts. In the winter, do you get anything in more? In the winter, it's usually more than any time else. Alright, it's not just me. Not just you. Alright, so, this past winter especially, Mm -hmm. I'm going on a train, I'm heading to a seminar in the city, and um, I get on the train, I got my bag of tacos, I'm eating my tacos, minding my business. Imagine Crave Case. It's it's the the, um, steam. It's the freaking steam from the food, I tell you, every single time. Gets me. And um, let me share two stories with you guys today. I'm amped up now on the topic. <laughs> so the steam hits me. I start bleeding everywhere. It gets, it's out of control. It's wild. So all I got is a brown paper bag. I got nothing with me. I'm sitting alone on the train, heading to the city. Got a long drive ahead. I'm like, well, shit, I can't just plug this shit up with my clothes. I got a seminar I'm heading to. So I ripped the, I'm thinking quick, I ripped the paper bag, the brown bag, and bleeding all over the place so I'm rubbing my hands on his bag it's getting all bloody I shove paper bag up my nose and I just sit there on the train and it's just getting saturated really gross and uh, we head to the city I'm sitting there I got this I'm realizing I'm sitting there with a huge bloody paper bag brown bag and I'm sitting there with some stitch stuffed up my nose everyone's looking at me if they're if they're nearby they're walking by everyone's looking at me I get out at Penn Station and I realized, you know, there's, there's like, cops and stuff around. Everyone's looking at me. I'm walking around with this bloody brown bag. I can only imagine what people are thinking. There's blood all in my hands. I got this brown bag I'm carrying around. I probably look like some kind of predator. And uh, 
I just stuffed that thing in the trash real quick and headed to the nearest bathroom. But that was really awkward. And there was another time I was at IHOP. Opened up on me in IHOP. Went nuts. Had nothing to get it plugged up. I'm sticking everything up my nose. Had to run to the back in the bathroom. Getting blood all over the place. Did you go to the one IHOP without napkins? I must have because I didn't have anything. It was, <laughs> you know what? Even the napkins aren't enough to stop this stream. It was coming out. That was a bad one. But uh, I'm glad it's not just me. Wintertime kills me. Honestly, it's just deadlifts and squats. Get that uh, heavy MRAPs in winter. Yeah, that's typical. Yep. Um, my buddy Mikey Laurel. Shout out to Mikey Laurel from Staten Island. Another Staten Island man. Um, he would bleed out his ear. That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's badass, but that can't be good. Oh, man. You know, that's a whole different orifice you don't want to get into. All right. Moving on from all this talk, and uh, you know, give me a comment or give me a shout out if you experience that too, because I'm starting to freak out because every winter's happens, and I'm glad to know it's not just me. Um, let's go over to Lumberjacked at Lumberjacked on Instagram. He was asking me about tricep extensions and what are the best ones, um, and I told him, listen, there's a lot of different tricep extensions, or I mean, not even tricep extensions. He was saying tricep accessory movements, um, but there's so many tricep accessory movements. I told him, pick one that works for you that feels good and just build upon it. All right, you can't really go wrong. Whether it's an overhead tricep extension, rolling dumbbells, you like using bands, tricep extension, straight bar push down. So many different variations out there that if you just pick one that feels good, you get a good pump from it, and just build it up, add weight to it slowly over time, you're going to be golden. And pick one that doesn't bother your elbows, because that's real common with skull crushers. Yep. One of my friends came up to me and said, my elbows hurt with your skull crushers. like, just do something else. There are so many tries. Yeah, there's like a movies. thousand different things to do, yep. and variations and combinations and shit. So that's I never understood that. Like if I program in a tricep extension, I'd hope I tell everyone uh, on our team specifically if that's bothering you, feel free to sub it out. There's so many different things we can do. It pretty much the principle of training your triceps is what matters. The actual movement, not as much. All right. So if something bothers you, switch it up. There's some real good ones you have on your uh, YouTube channel. There's the Benny press. Yeah, we got um, <laughs> we hooked up. So you got a power rack. You hook up two bands um, from one safety bar to the other safety bar, so it's going to cross the power rack, and then you get in the middle of those bands, and you take a straight bar or PVC something, right, and then you just kind of push down into the band. So I guess it's almost like a dip motion, um, but it's just different stimulus, just doing it in a different way. feels like a mix between a dip and like a tricep extension used with a rope on a cable cross. Yeah, that's some real freaky yep. shit. Yep, that's pretty much what we're getting at. Um, but yeah, just finding different variations like that. I like the one, um, it's almost like a JM press type of push-up we would do. That was good. Um, and sometimes you can't do a skull crusher with a certain bar, or sometimes you can do it really good with a different cambered bar. There's so many different things you can do. Uh, one of my things right now is I'll pair tricep exercises together just to give me more of a volume and stimulus. Um, so I'll do, I said Tiny Meeker's channel. Uh, if you don't know Tiny Meeker, he's actually hanging up in our bench HQ. Uh, he signed his picture here. 1102 Bench Press. That's some real you shit. You look that up on YouTube, he crushed that weight. Um, by far, legendary bencher. 
Um, that is a huge ass bench. I can't even imagine holding 1,100 pounds in my hands. And he would overload with like 1,300 pounds. He'll take that out. He's got the reverse bands on it, so God knows how much that's taken off. But um, just the amount of weight he's handling is unbelievable. Um, he's definitely a legend in the in the game of benching. But I saw on his Instagram he would do tricep pushdowns and he go right into like tricep overhead extensions. So I've been doing that a lot, which it was really nice stimulus. Um, and then just finding other combos of tricep moves and putting them together uh, because. It'll just give you a better burnout. Um, you add in more volume. So instead of just going tricep bicep, I'll go tricep tricep. Really smack the shit out of those tries. But that's been working out well. Uh, but yeah, a lot of good stuff to do. So you don't get stuck on having to do a specific thing. We got James Watson, 2009. And he just got the big bench and wraps. He ordered them up. Freaking loves them. Um, and... Uh, or uh, you got the uh, elbow sleeves. You got compression. Um, he loves those things. But we got both. I mean, if you're looking on YouTube, we got the elbow sleeves and the wraps. All right. And if you're new to wraps, we got the lighter versions, the multi-purpose. Um, really good for squatting. But check those things out. Great, great equipment. I'm trying to get out to more meets and showcase the stuff we got. Uh, check it out on bigbenches.com slash store. That's their store page. But James watching had a question here. Warm-up sets, uh, how warm up, the jumps to take. And, guys, we did a bench cast on this. It was three, four episodes ago. All we talked about was warming up for the bench. So I would like to point everyone in that direction. Go to our, uh, the iTunes for the bench cast and definitely check out that podcast. A lot of great stuff on there. Uh, we talked about everything from doing specific warm-ups for one type of workout to like a max effort type of workout. Um, but to summarize it quick for James Watson here, um, what kind of jumps should you be making? On the bench, it's going to be smaller jumps than it would be on a squat and deadlift because uh, it's just not as much total weight. So you're going to take smaller jumps usually um, if you're like 300-pound bencher, 15-pound range maybe. Uh, the initial warm-up sets are going to be bigger jumps, usually quarters, plates, uh, depending how much you bench, of course. And as you get closer to your working weight, smaller jumps. So if you're particularly warming up for a max effort lift, I think most people are, are stumped on. So I think we'll cover that real quick. Uh, if you're going to handle max effort weight and you don't know like what your max is right now, you're just kind of shooting for a new one, uh, I would take uh, you know, your regular jumps, try to get at least six, seven warm-ups in or so before taking that weight and near the end what I like to call feeler sets so if say you're shooting for potentially you think you got 380 in the tank uh, maybe your last one is 360 365 and see how that moves if it moves like freaking garbage you know that's probably not happening today uh, if it moves pretty well and you smoke that 365 oh maybe I got 385 today so you kind of use that closer jump uh, as a good feeler set. Whereas if you tried to go 340 to 380, uh, that shit's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. All right, so not a good strategy. So uh, do you have anything to expand on that there, Elvis? No, it's definitely real good. All right, yeah, so you're just slowing down the warm-ups as you yep. get to that. I would that say, like, even if you're not feeling great that day, you know, don't be afraid to take a warm-up again. Want to take it, yeah, you know, especially with the lighter ones because you're not burning yourself out too. Yeah, much. if you're working up to 380, you want to take 225 like twice, you know. 
I find um, with two populations that works really well. Older population, um, usually you need a little more warm-up time, uh, get that nervous system going. I find they take a long time to kind of kick things into gear and get to their best level. Uh, and then also people with very restricted mobility. I know particular for me, if I want to have a good deadlift workout, uh, I need to be prepared to put some time in to get my hips ready. I can't just go into that cold where it's going to be really not good. <laughs> so um, even squats, like I got to take my time and warm up. So if you're very restricted mobility-wise uh, or you're, you're part of the older population um, and you're having a hard time kicking it into gear early and you always feel like your best sets are near the end, then now would be a good time to just take more. Like when you want to take 135 for multiple sets, uh, do so. Just extend the norm a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I hope that answers your question, James Watson. Let's uh, go over to, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. We're going to go over to an old Instagram Q&A, at AMRAP Rocky. was talking about his wrist getting bent back when he's pressing heavy. Um, and my offering to you, my friend, would be, to first, uh, I would invest into the big benches wrist wraps because they are going to give you that shit ton of support uh, and they're relatively very inexpensive. Go on bigbenches.com, check them out, multi-purpose wraps if you're starting out. And then if you want to really get a big bench, we got the 36 inch big bench wraps. If you're not sure how to wrap them, check out our video on that. Because um, I find a lot of people, they get the wrist wrap, but they don't know how to wrap good. So what's the point? Uh, you gotta know how to wrap them. They're keeping their forearms stiff, but your forearms not going anywhere. Yeah, your hands, your hand. It's all about locking down the wrist joint, and then the secondary benefit is getting more support down the forearm. But if you're not locking down your actual wrist joint well, then you know what's the point of even doing it. If you can move your wrist as freely with or without it, then you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, and I just made a post the other day. I'm getting fired up now thinking about it. I hate when people say their hands are going numb. I'll purposely do multiple sets in the same wrist wrap. Like I'll wrap that shit tight so my hand goes numb on purpose. Because I want to feel as shitty as possible when I bench. And I'll tell you why. If you could bench when everything is on fire, you can't catch your breath, and you can't feel your hand, imagine how good you're going to do when you can actually breathe and feel your hands and be out of meat and all those things. So if I'm doing speed work, guys, I'm, I'm making it hard on myself. I want the worst stimulus. Donnie Thompson talked about how, you know, when he goes to a meet, he wants that perfect environment, and um, he would, he would have, he would train and and training with, um, you know, with the guys. Kids were around, bothering him, running around and stuff. But then he was like, when he went to a meet, it's a cakewalk. Good music's playing, no kids running around with freaking Barbie dolls and shit. Um, same thing. I try to make training as hard as possible, so I wrap my wrist up tight. I can't even feel my hands, so I don't want to get too off topic, but I hate when people say their hands are going numb, um, just deal with it, it's a very minor thing. Doubling up on that, it's also very good for overhead press, overhead press kills your wrist too. Yeah, yeah, um, multi-purpose wraps really good for that, um, but yeah, if you want to bench big, we got some stiff wraps that are going to give you support, so that would be my first thing for AMRAP Rocky, just make sure he has that support. Um, and then also, I've been a big fan. We filmed that kettlebell method there. 
the top down hold there. You, you grab the, um, the handle of the kettlebell. The kettlebell's up in the air and you have to steady it. That's a real good forearm pump and you can't deviate. You can't have poor wrist position or that thing's going to fall over on you. So it forces you to be in a neutral position. So you learn how that feels and it strengthens your wrist. Um, and also the bulldog grip. Look up the bulldog grip. We did some videos with that um, where you're pinching the top. So it's in your hand and you're pinching the top with your fingertips. So you can't really deviate. You gotta keep neutral wrist. So that's good to apply in your warmups. All right, uh, so that was from Man Ramp Rocky. We got, um, we'll go over, we're getting anything from the Instagram. Nope. Guys watching, make sure you leave uh, your questions. We're doing a Q&A podcast. And uh, also, if you have a story to share, you know, don't even have to be a question. I'd like to hear from you guys. And if you're watching this later on, feel free to message Benny. Probably yeah. get you on the next podcast. Drop a YouTube comment. You know, guys, anytime you're, you're dropping comments or questions, uh, I do take note of them. I try my best to respond to everyone. And um, you never know, I'll, I'll maybe feature you on some content like this. And, uh, you know, we'll explore the topic even more. So definitely feel free to drop comments, all that. Uh, Eric Salinas, this is from YouTube. Should raw benchers touch higher on their chest? And um, assuming he's comparing it to equipped benchers, and absolutely, we did uh, the recent video on bar path where we took you to the HQ whiteboard for the first time, and uh, people really seemed to enjoy that video where we showed the difference in bar path. We drew it out for you. And um, yes, most certainly you're touching higher than compared to an equipped bencher. So it's important to understand what you're comparing it to. Uh, raw benchers will touch higher compared to an equipped venture. Well, we were kind of talking about that with the slingshot. If you want to be successful with that, touch low, throw back even more. Um, granted, you don't want to touch too high. It's usually uh, below nipple line, like low sternum. Whereas an equipped person, even lower. And it all really depends too on you know, your limb length. I don't deviate too, too much, very slightly maybe, because uh, I got such a short stroke. Yep. Like the two inch ROM there. So um, the longer your stroke is on the bench, the more deviation you're going to have between the two. So, yes, absolutely touch higher. Um, going over to P Bang Lifting. At P Bang Lifting. Uh, tucking elbows too much is his issue. And uh, that's not uncommon. I find with tucking too much, Either you know, two things are going to fix that. Better connection with your lats, mental connection, learning how to actually bend the bar with your back versus just bending the bar. There is a very big difference. And once you learn how to actually use the back to bend it and separate that from actually using your arms, then you, uh, then you start to get into a normal alignment. Um, it's when you start bending the bar with your arms and trying to use the strength of your arms versus the strength of your lats to bend the bar. That's when you run into trouble with the elbows tucking too much. Uh, and that's the trouble with most people benching. Is they don't know how to use their back effectively. And that's why I say once you learn how to use your back effectively, it changes the game in all different aspects. Um, it's simply even bending the bar. You're not going to tuck your elbows from being in good alignment. got to learn how to use your back. And easier said than done. It takes a long, long time to do so. So that's one thing. 
And the other is thinking, for the meantime, just think about spreading the bar more than you're bending the bar. Um, think about that pull apart and trying to separate the middle. Uh, that'll help kind of correct some of that over tucking. All right. So that was from P-Bang Lifting. P-Bang. That's an interesting Instagram handle. They still call them handles. What's the deal with that? You call them a username, you call them a handle. I never understood why people call things handles. <laughs> kind of pisses me off. <laughs> One of those things. Grinds my gears. All right. Brandy Acosta at Branding Acosta. General question, how to use leg drive. And I think how I'm going to attack that is what most people fail to do, and that's push back on the bench. A lot of lifters, whether their toes back, which the only option you have is vertical leg drive, or their feet flat, um, they make the mistake of pushing into the floor versus uh, pushing away from the floor. And there's a big, big difference between those two. I think the best way to visualize and think about it is to pretend that there's a wall extending directly in front of your feet. And instead of having your feet on the floor pushing, you have your feet on the wall pushing. Um, and then, you know, your only option at that point would be to push back. So that's how I would visualize that. I visualize it as the difference between a leg press and a leg extension. Uh -huh. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, same deal. Same, you know, same motion, same concept. Yep. Yeah, same exact thing. Um, and pushing back at at an angle, or having your feet out. So when I, people think, I find too when people think leg extension, they're usually their feet are pretty close, their toes are forward. And I just encountered this in the gym the other day. Um, this particular woman was uh, toes forward pretty much. And yeah, she would she would get a good pushback at leg extension, so to speak. But I had her bring her feet out, you know, the whole toes out deal. So you had the whole side of your foot to push against. Then you can kind of get your heels into it more, and then it's more of a push away um, versus an extension. Is when you're extending, you're doing this with the toes forward, and if you're out here, you're getting that whole side of your foot push away from. So for YouTube, it's different between. Extending like this and holding this with your yeah. legs. Yeah, so if you're watching the YouTube, you got the little visual there. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing on how to actually properly use your leg drive. Because I think people understand they need to push with their legs, but they don't know how to push with their legs. So that's huge. So I hope that helps you at Brandy Costa. And we have one more that I wanted to cover here um, from the Instagram. And what, what's we doing on time? We're good for now. What are we at? It's 25 something minutes? Oh, we'll find out at the end. All right. So, no sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're keeping this podcast a little short. If you want to jump in on the Instagram live, you got a question for us? Shoot it up there. All right. Thick lips. Yeah, thick lips. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a T-H-I-C-C lifts. Got to do it with two C's. Yeah, but I'm sure that one's already taken, so you got to be a little experienced or uh, different there. Uh, which brings more leg drive, flat or toes back? So there's nothing wrong with toes back, but I prefer feet out flat for people um, for a couple reasons. The first one, and, and this is probably the best thing I ever did for my bench, I tell everyone. 
uh, more so because I have a quick lifter, you're handling such overload amounts of weight, especially someone like, like myself, I'm getting 200, 300 pounds out of my, my shirt, so definitely not weight I can handle raw. So every little swing in the bar, I can feel. Um, having the feet out wide creates a much bigger base of support. It's like this tripod here, right? If the legs are out more, it's a little more stable. If it was close together, probably get blown over. You know, same type of deal. Um, that's that's uh, what you're encountering on the bench. You're just widening your tripod. So stability is huge, because with toes back, usually you're pretty close to the bench itself. So you're gonna start feeling every swing uh, in momentum of that bar. Uh, and then also the whole thing we just talked about, pushing back versus vertical. Um, the toes back only allows you to have vertical forces. So everything going into the ground, in turn lifting your hips and then driving your shoulders into the pad. All right, so you're not really getting a huge transfer to the bar directly. Um, you're more or less getting a little pop with your chest up, but again, we don't want to get momentum and your butt's popping up. Uh, and if you learn to bench feet flat and push away like we were just talking about, that changes the whole game. And then you're really pushing in the direction the bar needs to go in that horizontal direction. So uh, big difference there. So that's why I prefer the feet flat, just bigger base of support and more applicable leg drive to the bar. All right. So as some really good questions come in, I enjoyed answering these. There was pretty good ones in there. Yeah, I think you guys are going to take a lot away, little tidbits from this, um, especially about where you can meet me, because I know there's a lot of confusion there, and I understand when I don't film in front of a bench, no one knows where to find me, but rest assured, you can always meet me on the bench. As you can see, the shirt says up front here, uh, you can order these on the store page too, uh, but you can meet me on the bench. So where he films? He films from the bench. I am. I am filming directly with my ass on the pad. So there's white lights all the way around, so no one has to worry. <laughs> I know in particular we have a guy named MJ on our YouTube who will potentially watch this as well. And I know a lot of times he has confusion on where to find me. And rest assured, I always let him know I'm right here on the bench. No worries. And you know where to find me. All right, guys. So, you know me, Bench and Benny, at Bench and Benny, at Big Benches, Instagram, YouTube, uh, YouTube, make sure you subscribe, all the content goes up there, full length, you will listen to this iTunes Benchcast, and uh, you know, you can also catch me on Twitter, but not that freaking Snapface, I'm not giving in to Snapface, guys, so you are not going to find me there, I think we actually have a username up there, Big Benches. But you can send me all you want. I'm not going to see anything because I'm not on the snap face. I think you're really missing out. I feel like I am, but there's just so much social media right now to keep up with. I'm trying to get Twitter going. And yeah, I'm let's get a, this Twitter going. Follow me at Big facing. Benches. Follow me at Big Quad. I'm going to try to be a little more active with Twitter. The thing I like with Twitter is that uh, you get more personal communication with people because you're really just going back to back. It's like constant DMs. It's just like a huge web of DMs, which I like. So I like Twitter once I get that going. I had that going back in the day. But yeah, follow us at you, Big Benches. Alright guys, and uh, see you next week. Your small arm leg strong, they know where to find you. They are know where to find me. Small arm leg strong and tiny quad big arms. Big quad tiny arms. Same thing. <laughs> Alright, you've been listening to The, the Bench Game.